Hi there, I'm Robert Nedgen, host of the Information Security Podcast. Today, we are live from the Information Security Summit 2019 event in Cleveland, Ohio, where thought leaders and industry experts come together for three days of intriguing discussion, networking, and learning. The Information Security Summit is uh, a place where thought leaders get together and uh, also friends, because in the information Aww. security community, we make a lot of friends, and uh, that's been the case with all of us uh, over the past uh, decade or so. Uh, many of us have gotten to know each other and uh, learn uh, and share secrets and so forth, and, and we've just developed genuine friendships in the information security community. I have with me Mr. Christopher Robinson. His friends call him Krobe. He's the ambassador of Red Hat Security. Hey, how you doing, Robert? And we also have Mr. Christopher Bush, Principal Security Consultant at McAfee. Hello. His friends call him Chris. Yes, they do. And in addition, we have William Heiser, cool handle. Manager of IT Security at Lincoln Electric in Cleveland, Ohio. Billy. Welcome. Good Thank to you. see you. I don't have a cool handle. From the home <laughs> office in Cleveland, Ohio? Yeah. And uh, I'm Robert Netkin. I'm a Senior Consultant at Bright Skies in Cleveland, Ohio. People call me Rob. They call me other things, but, uh, you know, I usually respond to Rob. Just don't call you late for dinner. That's right. What really matters <laughs> is why your wife calls you. And we are the security friends, and we are here to talk about uh, things that were in the news over the past 30 days. And uh, we're going to start with this story. Uh, this story comes to us from Nine News, uh, ninenews.com, some TV station somewhere in the world. And, oh, Chris, you'll know about this company, this uh, company called McAfee. I heard and, of them. And, and just to, just to put this disclaimer out there, first, all the opinions expressed today are those of individuals on this panel and do not necessarily reflect those of our employers. We'd like to keep our day jobs, okay? We don't like to stay in play. really, really need to. Yes, <laughs> yeah. All right. This actress is most likely to give you malware in computer viruses. Cybersecurity firm McAfee has just released its list of the most dangerous celebrities on the Internet in 2019. Uh, this story out of New York from 9news.com. Oh, my. Uh, actress Alexis Bledel? Bledel? I'm, I'm sure people are laughing at me for mispronouncing that. Has been bookish and sweet on Gilmore Girls and the Sisterhood of the oh, Traveling what? Pants, but the actress herself is now officially dangerous. Cybersecurity for McAfee on Monday crowned Bledel the most dangerous celebrity on the Internet in 2019. No other celebrity was more likely to land users on websites that carry viruses or malware. Wait, what was the actress's name again? Alexis Bledel? I don't know who that is. I, I, Maybe we, I should Google that. We are really security nerds. We don't well, know that. Well, I'll, no. I will tell you that uh, Traveling Pants was one of my favorite movies. So. I could tell. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> and did the pants ten. travel far? Yes. I'm guessing I probably should Google that. Yeah. Probably not. At this not. point, no. Okay. I think Maybe. Chris Bush is the most dangerous person at this table. Well, so, so, Chris, do you know who, who decides to look into these statistics? I mean, no, does somebody you know, we, sit there we and go, do see these who? on our, on our um, corporate intranet every year. Like somebody publishes a thing, and we're the first ones to see it. And it is always kind of humorous to look at that and and uh i'm curious i mean i, I guess i kind of understand why it's dangerous to go and do these searches right and you know we can all we all remember the fun days of like the anna kornikova you know viruses mcafee you know. said in an official statement that consumers may not be fully aware that searches that the searches they conduct pose risk, nor may they understand oh, no. the detrimental effects that may occur when personal information is compromised <clears throat> in exchange for access to their favorite celebrities, movies, TV shows, or music, according to Gary Davis, Chief Consumer Security Evangelist at McAfee. So there's some risk beyond just my wife seeing what I've been searching for on the Internet? Uh-oh. Is what you're saying? Uh, yeah. Uh, that's, that's a case where shoulder surfing could really... Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> I have a private office. <laughs> oh boy, that gives a new huh. meaning to the uh, danger of clicking on suspicious links. <laughs> What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Nothing. It sounds great. Click all the links. Isn't that what everybody does, right? Oh, I got to click on that. Ah, also in the news. All right. Just when you thought it was safe to put on your favorite, uh, although I don't know why anybody would call this their favorite uh, antivirus, but uh, <laughs> check cybersecurity uh, software maker Avast, that bastion Ahoy. security conference. Uh, Is it? Talk like a pirate. There it is. The vast matey. (laughs) (laughs) They disclosed uh, a security breach that impacted its internal network. Uh Uh-oh. A security breach at a security company. Uh, Did they they use their own product? Well, in a statement that they published, the company said that they believed the attack's purpose was to insert malware into the C-Cleaner software, similar to the infamous C-Cleaner 2017 incident. Avast said the breach occurred because the attacker compromised an employee's VPN credentials. So Avast is cleaning the C with C-Cleaner. Oh, it's not made clean. It for safer pirating. Exactly. Think, right? This yeah. intrusion was detected on September 23rd, but Avast said it found evidence of the attacker targeting its infrastructure going back as far back as, oops, May 14 this year. This is a security company. Not and mine. They didn't, they didn't know that there was somebody in the network. Well, it's your typical issue. It's somebody else's solution, They're, they're not right? drinking their own Kool-Aid. It's the, yeah. You know, the, the, cobbler's kid's shoes. Uh, You spend your focus on the product and you don't necessarily focus on yourself. Mm -hmm. It's always last. It can happen to anybody. They need to make themselves customer zero. They do. They They should dog food their own software. Oops. And eat that dog food too. The user whose credentials were apparently (laughs) compromised, oops, did have domain privileges. However, through a successful... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, did not have domain uh, privileges. I'm sorry, I misread that. Bummer. Did not have domain privileges. However, through a successful privilege escalation, the actor managed to obtain domain, ad, uh, domain admin privileges, according to their CISO. The sudden rights uh, uh, elevation prompted the security to investigate. Staff eventually tracked down other security idea. alerts inside their uh, dashboard, alerts that engineers previously ignored, thinking they were false positives. Oops. Sad trombone. <laughs> Maybe some cello? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so that means they probably had weak passwords if they were able to gather the domain admin like, from a generic user What would be account. a good example, Billy, of, say, a weak Password. Oh, I don't know, maybe fall 2019. <laughs> <laughs> but wait a minute, we're using that pattern. No, I'm sorry. Like, Summit 19 is super strong, super duper strong. It's, it's so strong, so 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 strong. Yes, All the capital yeah. letters. Yes, capital letters. Oh, wait a minute, that's the Wi-Fi. Okay, never mind. Angry Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Wi-Fi smash. Okay. And uh, continuing our trend of embarrassing IT companies, former Twitter CISO shares his security advice for IT security hiring and cybersecurity. That is totally a guy I would absolutely listen to security advice on. <laughs> Only second to somebody Wait, from Facebook. Can you see on Twitter right now? <laughs> As a company, building a strong security team can be a challenge. On the flip side, if you're looking to enter the field of cybersecurity, it can be challenging to know where it starts. And... Um, uh, yeah, this article is just too long to read in this uh, context. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, guess, I'm just going to skip that one. Where was the CISO uh, from again? Maybe he should have tweeted that article. from Twitter. <laughs> just, oh, okay. How many yeah. bytes can you do? Yes. <laughs> how many characters? Yeah, but in other news, Yahoo Data Breach Yahoo! Settlement 2019. How to get your $358 or free credit monitoring. Up to $358. You, know, you can't really put a price on privacy, but if you could... 
apparently it's $358. Well, up yes. To, in fact, Yahoo users to, can now to, file a claim for a piece of the $117.5 million class action settlement related to the massive data breach. If you had a Yahoo account between January 1st, 2012 and December 31st, 2016, including traditional Yahoo Mail or accounts on Yahoo Fantasy Sports, Yahoo Finance, Tumblr, and Flickr, you can get two years of free credit monitoring services by all clear ID or up to $358. The website to file a claim is yahoodatabreachsettlement.com. Yeah, that's, pr- that's pretty timely since it's just about at the time when all of the other free credit monitoring I've had from the umpteen other breaches that have affected me have all expired. So I it's probably like, should sign oh, up. I still got 12 years left. It's like Dude. belt and suspenders, man. <laughs> I still got 12 years going. Now, do you, you really, have more does, credit think, checking. I think my office of personnel management uh, free credit monitoring is Is anybody going to get $358? I want $358. I, I'd like up to, you know how much up to. So the problem is, is depending on how many people claim, depends on how much you get. Well, if everybody claims, I, I've heard somebody say it's going to be like less than 10 bucks a piece because right. the, the amount is actually dependent upon how many people file a claim. Yeah, because they set aside a lump sum and just Wait, so if only one person files a claim, they, they get, get like a hundred, uh, how many millions of dollars that was? You said? That would be really cool. We well, need to find a two. way to DOS the claim website. So, so all four of us could file the claim and if nobody else, okay, so everybody ignore that website. Okay? Yeah, never mind. The four, we'll split the 350. Fifty-eight million amongst here. the four of us. Yeah. That would be nice. Oh, okay. wait a minute. We got to include the podcast team, so that's going to dilute uh, it a little they, bit they, here. They get a partial we can make them go away. <laughs> <laughs> Billy knows people. Somebody disappeared. Wait a minute. Billy's somewhere. microphone just dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> I got a guy. You got a guy. Yeah. <laughs> you scare me, dude. In other news, speaking of money. Money, 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 money. Yeah, many people wish they had money because uh, we're all at risk. When 65% of stressed-out cybersecurity and IT workers are thinking about quitting, tech IT execs warn. A recent report found, as I crank up the font size on this uh, article so I can read it with my... I think my, they can see that from the moon now. Uh, yes, okay. <laughs> I can read it from the other side of your monitor. <laughs> what are you saying there, Sonny? <laughs> Get off my grass. <laughs> a recent report found that the average tenure of a chief information security officer, a CISO, is only 18 to 24 months, citing constant stress and urgency of the job as the core reasons. For comparison, the average tenure of a chief financial officer is 6.2 years, and the average tenure of a chief executive officer is 8.4 years. The revolving door is not limited to the C-suite when it comes to key tech roles. A recent report from the... Uh, how do you say that? Ponyman? Panam? Ponyman. Ponyman or whatever. Institute found that 65% of IT and security professionals considered quitting due to burnout. And there are nearly 3 million unfilled cybersecurity posi- uh, positions at companies worldwide. Well, there's a problem. Well, you know, if they gave him $358, he might stay. He might. And free credit check. How much does a CISO make? I don't even know. Typically, so does it typical, say so more than eight dollars? More than eight? More than three hundred? More than eight? Less than a million? Like, would ish. it be worth just doing that job for eighteen months and then collecting like, a nice paycheck and just say, "I'm burned out. I'm going home." Now, we actually yeah. had a podcast here yesterday where one of the guests said that, uh, like, every hour there are four CISOs quitting every hour. And, I believe and, it. Cool. And, so there's some openings. Yeah, typically your C-suite <laughs> is paid. Uh, if you look at annual reports from many public companies, uh, their salaries are actually pretty low. Really? It's usually in the bonus oh, screw and in their stock I, I options. Now, the catch is most stock options are three years. Got to get that going. Really seriously. Screwed. Now, but why do CISOs quit? Why are they stressed out? Uh, just like they said. 
Security is hard. I, don't I know, demand. Robert, have you been here all week? Stress. <laughs> well, yes, Hi, it's a maturity <laughs> question. You know what I'm saying. Paying attention. What's going on? World's on fire. We're all going to die. Did we not <laughs> instill enough fear in everyone to make them? Dave Kennedy's going to get you. <laughs> Consider a recent high-profile data breach at a large financial corporation. It was reported that, that staff happens. suggested the CISO, who came from federal a federal government background, clashed with employees. Prior to huh. the breach taking place, employees raised concerns about a high turnover rate within the cybersecurity team, which included about one-third of the entire team's staff in 2018. To some close to the organization, this and other missteps include uh, indicate rather that the breach did not entirely come out of the blue. Uh, as security moves closer to the center of the organization, leadership and management skills have become just as important as tactical security knowledge and execution. Organizations need to consider whether the CISO candidate would be a cultural fit. And, uh, you know, in, in the previous podcast we had with uh, Kevin Baker, I, you know, I've, I've you always know, said, You can't work here. You're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I've always said, hire the person, teach the skills. Yeah. Yep, as well, well, there you go. The leader casts a long shadow. And if one third of your team leaves, it's probably not the team, I'm going to say, right? <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't say that. Half my team left last year. But then again, were maybe they, they left because they were in now? high demand and you trained them well. I, I like to think they found their ideal opportunities. They, they would have stayed for $358. Probably would have, free, or free credit monitoring. I'm going to hold out for 359 Oh, so, yeah. man, I can't afford that. It's I too need rich. That. No, I need that. In other news, White Hat hacks ransomware gang and releases the decryption keys. Annoyed Get victim em. hacks back ransomware gang and releases all of their decryption keys along with a free decryptor. Uh, a user got his revenge on the ransomware gang who encrypted his files by hacking their server and releasing the decryption keys for all other victims. This happened earlier and involved uh, the uh, Mushtik. Uh, I don't know how to say that, so I'm probably mispronouncing it, gang. Mushbuka. It's a recent strain of malware that the has been active. Hmm? The Mushy Gang. Uh, does anybody know how to pronounce that? Okay. No. Okay. That's Whatever, that turn, gang. Turn your font size the up. Gang. I could... <laughs> that gang on the interwebs. It was a strain of ransomware that has been active since late September, according to reports. The ransomware targets network-attached storage devices, or NAS devices, made by a Taiwanese vendor called QNAP. The gang hey, behind uh, the ransomware is <laughs> forcing QNAP NAS devices that use weak passwords oh. for the built-in PHP MyAdmin yeah, service, my according to a security... Strong. One, two, three, four, five should be good. It's one, two, three, four, five, Advisory. six. Oh, well, Ooh, entropy. That's going to take minutes to figure entropy. out. <laughs> My PHP admin, after gaining... Oh. A, this is a common attack, is it not? Yeah, I think so. And yeah. how many times is firmware baked into hardware? Uh, well, I guess I'm being all, redundant with that statement. times. And, exactly. and, this, this, <laughs> and it's just impossible to patch. <laughs> it's not impossible. It's just challenging when you... Depending on what the penetration of the hardware is, you potentially could have hundreds, thousands, millions of units. And not every customer is going to get notification. They're not going to take action after the notification. Uh, it, it's, it's a very tough problem trying to fix things that are baked into firmware. Well, or it's not, and you can just download the firmware and modify it and flash it on there yourself. If because you're it's aware. not signed and it's not being validated, <laughs> and I'm just saying, dude. Well, you know, in the days of you know, you just go to Amazon and buy some cheap knockoff NAS device that you don't know where it came from. I, I know where it came from. I guarantee you that 
that that's not a supported device. They made a million of them. They're going to sell them, and that's all there ever was. They all come all from the same place. Now, what do you guys think about the fact that a vigilante hacker hacked the ransomware game? I think that's really cool. Uh, it's kind of it's so Robin Hood, right? It's, <laughs> is that is that Chris Robin Hood? <laughs> Christopher Robin Robin Hood in Maybe. the Hundred Acre Wood. <laughs> what, what team does that make him? Is that red team, blue team? Is there green <laughs> new color? But then who gets all the Bitcoin that that was going to get exchanged? All of it, the bitcoins. All, all the bitcoins. You know, they, they never even talked about that. Did this attacker not only go after these? Uh, ransomware keys, but maybe go after their Bitcoin wallet. That would be interesting. Right, yeah. I mean, and you would never know because who's going to report that? I, I think yeah, it, right. who, do you, who do the criminals call when they get robbed? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there have been stories of drug dealers it, who go to the a, police. Is there a 911 for that? Is it like 811? 9-1-2. <laughs> well, it, it's, I think, a very dramatic and fun story to read. I don't know that that's a practice I personally would advocate for. <laughs> Why not? Come Criminals on. generally, I know you're surprised here, they generally don't follow the law and uh, no. they may get upset. They generally don't respond well to retaliation. They, do. they don't. They might escalate. They might. But I, I think it's <laughs> a great escalate. story. <laughs> this story from Engadget, even the tech expert from Mr. Robot, and we're not talking about Mr. Kennedy, can't oh, figure out this iPhone hack. If your dad were the technical advisor for the realistic hacks on Mr. Robot and he lovingly micromanaged your gadgets, you'd probably feel <laughs> pretty badass about the security of your personal devices. So when one of Mark Rogers' kids had their iPhone pickpocketed at a San Francisco event earlier this year, things took an unexpected turn when tech-savvy thieves pulled off hacking tricks that uh, Rogers himself uh, was beside himself with curiosity and fascination and concern. Lots of concern. Since this was his kid that they were talking about, the phone was up to date, had a strong password and face ID enabled. Activation lock was turned on, Rogers told in Gadget via email. The team noticed the phone missing within 10 minutes of its theft and immediately began security wait, protocols. Wait, it took a teenager 10 whole minutes to not... Well, I disbelieve that. Disbelieve uh, shenanigans. As soon as the phone was found to be missing, it was switched to loss mode and later a wipe command was sent to it, he explained. Since uh, that's exactly what you're supposed to do, that should have been the end of it. A loss to be sure and a pain to start over with a new iPhone, except Rogers noticed that neither the lost mode activation or wipe command went through, leading huh. him to believe the phone has been immediately powered off or placed in a bag that blocks signals. That and the fact oh, that it never resurfaced cage. told him Life that whoever stole cage. it knew what they were doing uh, and had done it before. Most likely, the iPhone was powered down immediately and placed in a uh, uh, RFID blocking bag, a foil lined sleeve, something like that. Tinfoil um, hat. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, yeah. the tinfoil hat folded See, we up. we weren't wrong work. all these years. How about, how about a Faraday hat? <laughs> the most effective control ever. Exactly. Tinfoil. Exactly. On the skull. <laughs> what happened, though, to Roger's phone next surprised him. Within a few days, the teen started getting these highly targeted messages on the replacement phone using information that they had apparently managed to extract. That information included the child's correct Apple ID, its email address. They knew the phone number associated with it, even though the SIM card had been killed, and the attackers sent a range of different messages trying several different social engineering tactics to try and trick Roger's kid into clicking on tainted emails. The messages sent by SMS iMessage were made to look like they came from Apple. Yet Rogers noticed they rotated through a range of different mobile numbers, possibly to avoid detection. The attackers also rotated through a variety of iCloud addresses in order to prevent the victim from ignoring and blocking any of the messages. This is insidious. This was yeah. this guy's kid. It, it sounds to me so, like they so got a new a teenager version. teenager ignored all those other 
Well, I mean, the teenager was following warnings, security because right? the teenager's well, dad. I also disbelieve that. Too I tell busy my kids never listen to what I tell them to the do. Other stuff, I think, right? so. <laughs> Shut up, dad. <laughs> Playing Clash of Clans. Yeah. It sounds to me like they got a new uh, version of the uh, Gray Key. Remember the Gray Keys? Uh, yeah. They were supposed to, uh, was it iOS 12 was supposed to make those obsolete? Mm-hmm. Maybe they got a new one. Well, Rogers did some digging and discovered what others are experiencing at the hands of similar attackers. Apple forums are full of users asking for help after clicking on similar phishing emails, after which their iPhone is almost instantly deleted from their account, never to be seen again. If the target clicked on one of the links, Rogers explained, they were immediately redirected to a fake Find My iPhone page that attempted to harvest their Apple ID and password. Um, Find my phone phishing. He was take yeah, really. He was taken <laughs> back by the accuracy and automation of the hacks. This is the first time he's seen spear phishing used as a technique like this to bypass anti-theft technology used by consumers. Uh, the attacks appear to have been around since 2017. This is a guy who understands security, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and like he did most everything right. Yeah, it's like wow. Nope, That's it. Give up. Let's go home. Information security really Let's get is hard. Eight dollars and go live in the beach. Which beach? Somewhere nice and sunny. Maybe Key West? Antigua. Nice. Antigua? Oh, oh Antigua's really nice. nice. Yeah. Oh, not Huntington. <laughs> well. Okay, where's that $358 million again? Okay. <laughs> Speaking of iPhones, legit-looking iPhone lightning cables that hack you Ugh. will be mass-produced <laughs> soon and sold. The world's on fire. The We're creation has been successfully outsourced to fire. a factory. Soon it may be easier to get your hands on a cable that looks just like a legitimate Apple Lightning cable. Wait a minute, there's a charging station over Soon. there. Soon. Yeah, I used that uh, earlier. I'm looking that forward bad? to getting that hacked cable. <laughs> uh, these uh, legitimate Lightning for a cables. On Amazon. Wait, so what do they do? They actually let you remotely take over a computer. The security researcher behind uh, this recently developed a tool announced over the weekend. Uh, well, not this weekend, the weekend at the time of this article from Vice.com. The security researcher behind the recently developed tool announced that the cable has been successfully made in a factory. He completely Yay. tore the cable apart and made sure there weren't any production stoppers. Got to make sure it's up to par. Got to uh, your work. MG is the creator of the OMG cable. <laughs> uh, it charges phones and transfers data in the same way that an Apple cable does, but... But it also contains a wireless hotspot that a hacker can connect to. Once they've done that, a hacker can run commands on the computer, no. potentially so damage. So this wasn't through. obvious by the all the antennas sticking out of the cable. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, so you can't see this on podcast, close, right? but you know, here's the illustration uh, from that article. It, it looks to be good. like yeah. a regular, yeah. legitimate, you know, same like, damn tape. It's amazing. I, uh, that stuff up it looks like something you'd buy so off of Amazon. I got a giant access point in my house. Or I an can't get it ten feet away. You should buy some of these hacked I know, cables. I want to buy those cables. <laughs> they work way better, Bill. Try it. Jeez. After demoing the cable for Motherboard at the DEF CON hacking conference over the summer, MG said, it's like being able to sit at the keyboard and mouse of the victim, but without actually being there. At the time, MG was selling the handmade cables at the conference for $200 each. Now the mass production process has been streamlined. After months of work, I am now holding the very first fully manufactured OMG cable, MG tweeted yeah. on Saturday. Um, I'm just sign up as a seller on Amazon and just start selling those suckers. And phenomenal. Yeah. Hack so Five, so a company that sells hacking, hacking and cybersecurity uh, uh, tools, will be distributing the product once it's ready. The listing for the cable on the Hack Five website. Yes. <laughs> the O.M.G. cable is the result of months of work that has resulted right. in a highly covert malicious <laughs> USB cable. As soon as the cable is plugged in, it can be controlled through the wireless network that lives inside the cable. How do you protect it? If you're running cybersecurity for a company, how do you protect against 
uh, bad cables. cables. Hmm? Don't buy cables from the guys selling them out of the back of gray panel vans at Kmart. Uh, I don't know. Do we what have do to do? worry like, about the uh, the free? Mac? Do we have to worry about swag at conferences? We do. As we look down the hallway and like yes, eight I mean, vendors are giving these away are friendly, those cables. These are friendly vendors. Wait <laughs> so I shouldn't just go home and plug in this USB drive I got from one but, of but our But look, our this vendors. one's got a little I'm going to go home and use the bottle Wait a minute, you got swag. You, you got swag. I do. Did you have swag too? I didn't get the USB thing. Okay. I got little wind-up I, I, robots. I got the little octopus-like USB cable. But I looked on it. It only has the power pins. There are no data pins connected on it. I got the fidget right. spinner. That's also a good for you. That you look, so you <laughs> oh, looked at that and you noticed that, problem. Rob. That I it can't only get had hacked. power pins. Unhackable. Yes. Good job. Yes. Really well done. Yes. No. I, I looked at it. It only that. has the power pins, not the data I pins don't even on it. Do that. That's yeah, but it also only works look, it's got one this side nice up. Big right. piece with you the should, Wi-Fi in it. You should hire Robert as a consultant. You should. Hey, Rob. He can make you more secure. Can you teach me about that security stuff? Sounds neat. It's really cool. Nah, it's just a fad. <laughs> Sounds like it'd be a great career, although you might burn out. Uh, you might. <laughs> this story from ZDNet. Hackers are looking into ejecting cards, stealing code on routers rather than websites. Um, Sounds very efficient. Match card Wait, or mag card web skimming attacks are evolving into a direction where they're going to be harder and harder to detect. Uh, according to the story on ZDNet, security researchers at IBM have found evidence Ooh. that hackers have been working on creating malicious scripts that they can deploy on commercial-grade Layer 7 routers to steal payment card details. Wait, the discovery. When, when, when did routers get card swipe things on them? Commercial did I miss grade. That? It sounds like they're in the Well, they said commercial-grade ah, okay. Layer 7 so routers. So when, when it's getting piped back to the mothership. To, uh, for authorization, Thanks. they're probably Thanks, grabbing bro. the packet. Um, it's very technical. I, it's infrastructure. I don't do that. You I'm see, a Chris, the internet guy, is dude. a series of tubes. <laughs> <laughs> you put something in it, it sucks it up, and it goes flying across the world. file cabinet. Electrons flowing around, and yeah, that's that's weird. This discovery is a game changer in what researchers call mag card attacks, also known as web skimming. These attacks, uh, where hackers plant malicious code in an online store that records and steals payment card details. Until now... Uh, Magcart, Magcart, whatever they call it, specific code was only delivered at the website level, hidden inside Java PH, uh, JavaScript or PHP files. Java. However, this new discovery is an escalation of the attacks to a new level where the malicious code is injected at the router level rather than being added by hackers on outdated websites. Now, what are Layer 7 routers? Layer 7 are routers of a commercial or type of commercial heavy-duty router. router that's usually Seven installed in large networks such as hotels, six, malls, airports, casinos, government networks, public spaces, and others. <laughs> All the best places. So I can't use my email. I can't use my credit card. I can't use my phone. I can't you, use the charging you cable. You can't even use your charging cable. This is... Ready, here we come, beach. Home. Time for the beach. <laughs> the beach. Now, wait a minute. You mean if a, if yes, a website is PCI compliant, totally passes the PCI... Compliance is not security, That's Robert. Well, yes, Yay. I know. <laughs> But seriously, if you're, you know, Mr. Company and you've done your homework, you've done penetration testing, you got the magic box, you got security awareness, and, and your site goes through one of these uh, layer seven switches, yeah. you know, it's not even inside the company. They're skimming card numbers right off of it, I presume. I mean, is this like a man in the middle attack if the data Sounds stream is encrypted? Something like that, yeah. This internet thing seems bad. It does. <laughs> I'm going to go back to my AOL now. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. I've got mail. <laughs> IBM uh, Iris researchers said the scripts they found were specifically designed to extract payment card data from non-HTTPS online shops and upload the stolen. Yeah, I'm thinking <laughs> to myself. That's a, yeah, I'm reading it right as it says in this story. I like HTTP. It's fast. Well, 
and upload the stolen information to a remote web server. Web uh, researchers said they found these scripts after hackers uploaded the files on VirusTotal, a web-based antivirus aggregator. Now, why would the hackers upload it to VirusTotal? Uh, aren't, isn't that self-defeating? <laughs> I'm thinking about I, I've, this. I've also said criminals are typically not the smartest people. <laughs> They're smart, just an opinion of mine. Not that smart. In total, IBM Iris researchers found 17 scripts, which they organized into five groups uh, based on their purpose. Ah, just when you thought it was safe. Oh, no, These, it's never safe. It's not never, ever, not never, once. Ever. Well, if you have tin, enough tinfoil, it could be safe. Well, in the last story that I pulled out of here, uh, curated from a boatload of stories uh, from news over the past year, this one comes from Naked Security uh, at Sophos.com. Wow, wow, wow. Is that the one about the billboard? It's one of these podcasts. No, it's not, it's not the billboard one. Oh, we got to do that one. Hey, oh, you want me to do that on. one? Okay, we got a great I'll switch big, to that one. Def billboard right outside hold on, hold on. That would be so much fun. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe oh, we don't do want accidents on two thirty-seven. That no, would be that would be bad. Let me let me find that story here. I can see that billboard from my house. So, um, <laughs> can you really? No, I'm just, I made that up. Okay, here we go. This the story that uh, Chris is talking about. <laughs> two daring pranksters allegedly hacked a billboard to play pornography. <laughs> to play what? Oh, it's one of those podcasts. Okay. <laughs> this story from Mashable, two daring pranksters. Wait, you do that backing track? Again? Michigan That's drivers got more than they bargained wow, wow. for after two pranksters allegedly took over a billboard with some rather risque material. According to Michigan's Auburn Hills Police Department, on September 28th, the two individuals broke into a small building underneath a digital billboard in the side of I-175. Once inside, they somehow managed to hack the billboard and used it to play pornography. Now, when they say somehow hacked it, somehow hacked it, somehow. Well, I mean, they it's, probably I'm sure used the password it's, on the post-it note right an, above the computer. It's an internet. It's a big thing on the Internet of Things, right? Some it's drivers big, were big surprised thing. and no, delighted to see the unexpected <laughs> sight, while others were likely confused. <laughs> so, the so video like reportedly ran for about twenty now, minutes right? before it was yeah. shut down. Officers arrived on the scene and witnessed the video. Sure, they did. Called it in an hour later. <laughs> Being displayed at that time. Get the reads, donuts. Reads the <laughs> Being displayed at the time, the uh, press release, uh, they were able to contact an emergency contact for the private business which operates the sign, and they were able to shut down the sign. Oh, good. Motherboard managed to identify two of the performers in the video. <laughs> After whom explained to the publication that she was much, mainly much concerned about research. driver safety. Yes, that is me. I never thought this would happen Getting with my content. The, uh, <laughs> the person told Motherboard, I was just happy that no one was injured. The Auburn Hills Police <laughs> Department <laughs> shared, shared video of what it claimed to be the, the culprits on its Facebook one of those page. Awkward ER visits. <laughs> Once they enter the building, one of the pranksters appears to use their iPhone to locate the uh, infrared camera recording nefarious actions. They soon turn the camera toward the wall, so the remainder of their hijinks uh, go unrecorded. Wait a minute. Oh, Here's man. the picture what? of the two people entering. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Kids listen to this podcast, man. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the perpetrators of this crime. Oh, okay. The, the oh. ones who hacked the computer. The, so... Uh, anyway, shows you how lame I was. I heard suspects now potential burglary charges for forcing entry into the building to gain access to the computer system, which is also a felony offense. With the billboard back to normal, everyone can now go about their everyday lives following the bizarre prank. The prankster's motives 
currently remain unclear at this time. Excuse Wait, me? Really? What do you mean? Really? <laughs> this is like something out of Fight Club. <laughs> I wonder Project what Mayhem. they were up to. <laughs> Why would you do such a thing? Is that like when people hack Why the roadside and say like, zombie attack ahead? Yeah. You know, they could have just played like Bridges of Madison County or something on there. Oh, they, they could have rickrolled everybody. That would have been cool. Right. Oh, help me, <laughs> not Rick Rolling. <laughs> help me, help me, help me. Help me now. You know, you do know that uh, the uh, artist who did that song, Rick Ashley. Rick Ashley. Ashley. Uh, he, Ashley. He has he, made a fortune in royalties every time that song gets played in, in a lot of these other venues when they talk yeah. about Rick. He's, he, he says, yeah, he, he knows he's a, it's a meme, but he loves the fact it went viral. He's actually made money off of it. $358. And there's actually demand for his performances <laughs> live in clubs. So he's the one getting the last laugh on hey, the Rick rolling. It's actually a nice song if you listen to the words. But, you know, <laughs> really? It is. All right. Never, I'm never going to let you down. Move along. So all of us as security professionals, we're laughing about this, but security is really hard. And, you know, they talk about stressed out CISOs, and I think it's good for all of us to have a laugh about this kind of stuff because it's hard work. And I think all of us would agree upon that. And, um, you know, what are, what are our well wishes for our, our peers in the information security community? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> what an uplifting message. Thank you, Chris Bush. <laughs> Can I put that on some De needlepoint? Debbie Downer. Oh, man. That should be I your... apparently have a new nickname now. It's Debbie Downer. Yeah. <laughs> she makes some t-shirts. <laughs> Always the pessimist. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is our episode, our inaugural episode, meaning I'm hoping we actually get to do this again, our inaugural episode of Security Bites. Yeah, after that billboard story, I think we're going to get shut down. <laughs> good advice is keep your eyes on the damn road. <laughs> so, Thank oh, you for so joining us that, that like at the Information Security that, Summit podcast. podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode of Security Friends, you can also listen to the more serious interviews that we've conducted um, on the podcast <laughs> with some serious? of the Summit speakers. <laughs> By subscribing to the Information Security Summit Podcast and Apple Podcasts, <laughs> Stitcher, sure or your favorite crooked, podcast I mean. app, or go to informationsecuritysummit.org. We'd like to give special thanks to our sponsors, ASMGI and Bright Skies. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay secure. Hasta la vista, baby.